each one of us wants to feel loved. We seek a partner. We navigate dating introductions to hopefully find someone to share our lives with. We commit to a relationship and try to make it work. We fail. And we find the courage and energy to start over. We all want to be loved. We seek love. We find someone to love. Then what happens next? Hey, this is John McElhenney from Love on the Air, and I'm really excited today to be talking to Eva Blake. Her program is called Liberating Desire. It's a website. It's a whole bunch of content. It's a private Facebook group called Liberating Desire, Sex, Love, and Relationships. That kind of sums it all up, doesn't it? (laughs) Um, Anyway, Eva, thank you for joining me and uh, give me a little bit of history on how you got where you are and what you're passionate about in teaching people about sex, love, and relationships. Yeah. Uh, Well, thanks for having me. Um, I would say in terms of my origin story, um, you know, I popped out of the womb exactly knowing this is what I was going to do. No, I'm kidding. Um, You know, like a lot of people, uh, I did not grow up in a family that talked openly about sex and relationships. And, um, you know, when I went to college, I was surrounded by some of the smartest people in the world who were having Mm. really terrible experiences, surrounded by some of the smartest, wealthiest, most educated, most beautiful women I've ever known in my entire life. And they would come home from these, their dates And they would talk about being bored, being mistreated, um, not having an orgasm, um, Mm -hmm. being in relationship with somebody who didn't get them. And so that was really the catalyst of me being really curious because then I went into my relationships and I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, (laughs) I oh, I get this, too. I'm getting this experience, too. So why are we all having this experience when, quote unquote, we've done all of the like right things like we we did our homework and we got into a good college and like, so why, why am I having this experience? Um, And, you know, that was when I was really young and naive. And the more that I learned, the more that I realized that, you know, this is a living in a sex negative society is something that we are all struggling with. So anytime that we have a struggle in our sex, our love or our relationships, it's because we live in a society that is ill in these areas. Absolutely. And yeah. so what I, what I really want is to um, live in a world where all people own their sexual pleasure and their power, and we all live with passion, and we're up to transforming the world with our love. We're creating something based on what we love about humanity or what we love about technology, but we're doing something that's bigger than ourselves. And when we are empowered in our most intimate private moments with our own body, then that actually leads us to be empowered and powerful in our public life. And mm. so, so the work that I do is super intimate, but it's also, it's also about really making a big difference in the world outside of us, right? So that we take that, that, that passion, that power, that satisfaction, that knowing who we are, and we can make a big difference in the world around us. Nice. Okay, cool. And so that, that sexual confidence and sexual sort of comfort uh, brings a lot of power to that person as they enter the world in a non-sexual way, but they're feeling their potency. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. How many times have you seen in media now? 
don't get me wrong. There's a lot of things about media that are, <laughs> that don't work, but how many times have you seen in movies or in you've experienced in your own life that when you had a sexual or intimate, physically intimate experience, or even an emotionally connected, vulnerable moment with somebody and you were seen and heard and really truly understood that the next day you have a pep in your step that's different than the day before. Mm-hmm. And that is essentially what I'm talking about. So what would happen if we created an entire life like that? What would happen for you personally, for anyone who's listening, if every single day you were creating this kind of intimacy, passion, and pleasure, and that actually fueled your purpose in your public life? So you're talking in something a little bit more potent than the glow, but you're actually kind of talking about the glow, right? Yeah, absolutely. How the glow, like how that actually inspires other people. That's why people take notice of you and are like, whoa, what are you having for breakfast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I and want some, some people of that. live, you know, I think some people live in that in that glow or in that flow. It's not always connected with sex. I know for me, it can be triggered by sex. It can be, you know, that can be a great um powerful thing. I know that when sex is off between my partner and myself or non-existent, I'm single again, right? I've got to find ways to generate that glow on my own. But you're right that that one-on-one or one-on-multi, depending on your orientation, Mm -hmm. but that one-on-one connection that fires up all of our hormones, all of our energy. And if for me, I'm in an aspirational relationship, meaning I'm shooting for the stars on this one, it's giving me that aspiration as well. So I'm trying to build and grow that the better, best parts of me to show up as the best person in this relationship with this person that I see as really the best that I can do, you know, so it's up to the two of us to figure out how to keep mm-hmm. doing that for one another. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, mm-hmm. sex is certainly forefront with, uh, for me, um, it's not, I was talking to somebody the other day. So for me, in my current relationship, you know, or in any relationship, I think sex probably makes up about a fifth of the of the relationship time wise and energy wise and things like that. It's a very potent and essential 5%. But there's a whole lot more to figuring out a relationship than how well you do in the bedroom. Or if you're not doing well in the bedroom, you know, how do you fix that? especially if everything else is going really well. Um, You know, we come to relationships with varying degrees of experience, good and bad. Um, So how do you help or what is a a strategy for two people coming in at at really different levels of sexual experience? Um, How do they, how do they find one another and what kind of things can they do to, to get that synchronization to happen? Yeah. Well, I would say that um, whether you're with a partner or you're single or you are widowed or whatever status that you're in, or you have multiple partners, that mm-hmm. having a sexual relationship with yourself is fundamental. And yeah. that and that the relationship that I have with myself impacts every relationship I have with every single person I ever interact with in the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so if I want to have a powerful sexual relationship with one other person, I get to have that with myself. And so this idea, you know, I would even challenge this idea about sex being only 5% because 
because we live in a society where sex is so taboo and where we got we've we've received so many sex negative messages, right? There are all these different ways in which we act out um, uh, hurt or we take we keep score or we punish through intimacy, whether that's mm. touch, whether that's actual intercourse, whether that's sure. turning towards in the bed, whether that's holding hands on the sidewalk, whether that is going on date night, I mean, all of that stuff, it's not intercourse per se, but all but of that- But it's intimacy. Exactly. Yeah. And all yeah. of that stuff is the stuff that, you know, is part of what builds up to um, the the trust, the space, the desire to be body to body naked together, right? Yeah. So yeah. if I if I'm in a relationship with you and we spend three weeks not speaking to each other, you know how how quickly are we going to jump in bed together, <laughs> right. Right? right? And so so when I think about like sex and sexuality and the play, the role that it plays in our life, what I'm really thinking about is you know, am I, or are you, are you in tune with all the ways in which you, um, you perceive of your own sexuality, you mm -hmm. interact with it, you are engaged with your own pleasure, you are receiving mm -hmm. pleasure, you're receiving love, you're open and available, you're actively creating pleasure in your life, whether that is mm -hmm. eating, I mean, eating is a very sexual oh, experience, Sorry, I, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? We're putting something into our body, we're tasting something, our senses Coffee, are becoming even. alive. Right. Bingo, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so, so sexuality plays a role in all of these other elements, right? And and for a lot of people, sexuality is a risk. Well, so is yep. like putting your art out in the world, big yep. risk. So is like making a new business contact. Or if you're an entrepreneur, it's asking people to invest in working with you, yep. right? And so what what's so beautiful about being in a powerful sexual relationship with yourself is that you actually get to play in that space where you're risking with yourself, where you're expanding yep. your capacity to feel, where you're opening your, not just your body for pleasure, but you're opening your senses and like where the back of your skull, where your, the hairs on the back of your skull kind of raise up a little bit and your senses open and widen and you expand. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. And so if two people are coming from two totally different positions and they want to meet each other in the middle, it's like, great. What is your, what's your relationship with yourself like? Because when you right. master oh, your sexual yeah, yeah, yeah. relationship with you, then yeah. you can create anything in relationship with somebody else. That's great. What a great point. So, so we get to, uh, you know, the, the lovely topic of self-love, not as a, not as a practice of being good to yourself, but actually a sexual practice as well. And mm -hmm. understanding what turns you on, what fantasies you might have. Um, I'm really a big fan of the uh, sexual intelligence book. I can't think of the author's name. Marty Klein. Marty Klein. Yeah. yeah. And I loved his, uh, his take on, you know, just because, and I'm going to talk about pornography for a minute, just uh -huh. because I think it's so it's, it's everywhere. Right. Um, just because you're into uh, something in pornography or you like watching a certain kind of sexual act doesn't necessarily mean you're ready to go out and join yeah. the other tribe or, or whatever it is. We really do need to allow ourselves to have all those flights of fancy, right? That's mm -hmm. sort of what 
we're tuning into, like you say, is we're tuning into, wow, I really like this idea or this idea. These things turn me on in two and a half minutes, you know, where I could watch something and it's not in my wheelhouse. It's not ever going to get me there. And, and, you know, porn is such a, a lightning rod subject because it, 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 it's definitely an anti, in, in most cases, very anti-feminist. But there is actual healthy porn. Mm-hmm. There is porn that's made by mm-hmm. women, mm-hmm. for women, by mm-hmm. women, for couples. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to find. And most of that porn, you know, you end up having to pay for, right? That mm-hmm. They're into it for a business. You, the experience of opening Pornhub and trying to tell somebody, oh, well, porn is good. It's gross, right? 99% of what is on that homepage is uh, actually offensive to me. And I'm kind of porn positive, right? But it's just it's just the way the women are treated and, and the whole thing is just... Uh, yeah. So we've got, a, we've got a problem there in that we're all exploring our sexuality through kind of checking those things out or not. You mm-hmm. know, there are running people that would never ever look at it and would tell me that it's terrible if I look at it. I'm kind of like, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but uh, so how do you go? Um, tell me a little bit more. Cause I, I jumped off onto uh, yeah. myself for a minute, but tell me a little bit more about um, exploration of self-love and what yeah. that might, might look like for someone um, single, broken up, you know, trying to get their themselves maybe recovered from the relationship that was not fulfilling. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you're you're speaking into two different things that you okay. didn't actually say that I want to just lay out there, which is you're speaking into um, critical thinking and mm. judgment, right? Mm. So critical okay. thinking, like, what is it that you really want? Right. This is really about your desire and your vision. My business is called Liberating Desire, freeing up your desire, freeing up your vision, being in a space of expansiveness, right? Rather than contraction. Judgment mm-hmm. is super contracting. It's limiting. It is, um, that's the place where shame exists, right? So when I think about like, you know, what you are bringing is this, this element of critical thinking, like, what do I really want? Like, can I look at pornography and just be like, none of this is what I want. Great. Mm-hmm. No judgment. It doesn't work for me. Swipe mm-hmm. to the left and move mm-hmm. on. Yeah, right. Totally. Or do I get completely wrapped up in the judgment and therefore now I can't be in a space where I'm critically thinking sure. and engaging in possibility? Okay, right? so slow that down just for a second because yeah. I love the I love the difference between the critical thinking and the judgment around yeah. the the topic. Because I think yeah. that's probably where the trauma and the distresses around even men totally. and women trying to have a discussion around totally. pornography, you know, it's, it's because uh, so many of us have been taught what's right and what's wrong. And my position is I'm not going to tell you what's right and wrong. You get to choose mm-hmm. that for yourself and mm-hmm. you don't, I don't get to tell you what's right and wrong for you. And you don't get to tell me that's unless we're in that it. intimate relationship and we start negotiating. But even still, it's not about right, or, right wrong. or wrong. It's what I want and what I don't. Yeah, want. it's it's not about right or wrong. It's sure. like, does this work for us? Yeah, got it. Do I want this? Right. Yeah. Because here's the thing: is like, you know, if you want to masturbate to X Y Z porn, great. I love that for you. I mm-hmm. I will stand by your um, option to do that. Maybe not even, with me, even but... if yeah, even Just if kidding. I don't want to be present for it. 
Yeah. Or okay. even if that Fair version enough. of porn doesn't work for me. Okay. But I am so supportive of you having a rich, engaging life for yourself that's free of judgment that I will stand and and support Great. you to have that. Yeah. Right? Okay. So the question sense. is really as a couple, what works for us? And we can't okay. have a conversation about what works for us if we're steeped in judgment, if we're mired in shame. Okay. We have to be in a place where we're asking questions like, what do you want? What do you like? Yeah. What turns yeah. you on? What makes you happy? What, like, what fantasy is great in fantasy? But then as right. soon as you like start planning it, you're like, what do I actually want to do yeah, that? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> because that's exactly. just a part of the reality, right? Is yeah. that there's a lot of stuff that in my mind, it's super fantastic and it's really great. And as soon as I start looking out in the world, I'm like, you were speaking and now I've, I've lost my turn on. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So the fantasy sometimes is better than the reality. Right. And so being in the space of critical thinking, we get to just ask questions and be curious mm-hmm. rather than being critical, my favorite word, That's rather my favorite than being word. critical yeah. or criticism or judgment or shame, because that is a total turn off. Nobody yeah. wants to take their clothes off. Nobody wants to get hard. Nobody wants to get wet when somebody is telling them that what you're doing is bad or wrong or shameful or you're going to yeah. hell. Yeah. 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 Right. And that's not a place of pleasure. Right. So, yeah. So I'm, I really stand in the place where, you know, if, if you're consenting adults or if you're doing it for yourself and you feel good about it, then great. Let's explore yeah, exactly. that thing. Right. Sure. And if there's a place where you feel bad in some way, then let's understand what that's about. Again, non-judgment, it's exploration, it's curiosity. Nice. Yeah, curiosity is definitely my favorite um, word. And I use it all the time, even in my current relationship. It's kind of like, yeah, this isn't great. And I'm just curious. I mean, I'm not upset about it. I'm curious to how this disconnect happened and what yeah. my part was. And I want to own that, you know, and then find the the way between us. So let me come to then sort of the core of that dysfunction. And, and how do you address and sort of work with that shame that, that can come up, even mm-hmm. if it's not related to porn or, but the sexual um, shame that a lot of us have um, when we start trying to get intimate, things come up and, and get in our way. So what are some of the ways you can peel those apart or go after them with curiosity? Yeah, yeah. Well, there are several key elements that I work with. Um, the first one is about desire and vision, which is what do you want? I think a lot mm-hmm. of us get trapped right. in what's not working or we get trapped in shame is because we're not really clear on where we want to go. Okay. If we know where we don't want to go, it's a great start. But if that's the only thing, then we're constantly looking over our shoulder. Oh God, I hope that monster behind me doesn't come after me. <laughs> right? Yep. Rather yep. than this is my destination. This is where I'm going. I'm laser focused, moving forward. That's where I'm going. Yeah. Right. I use the word aspirational all the time as yeah, my, bingo. That's where I'm going. Right. Yeah. We a rear view mirror is valuable to see what you've passed, right? But we don't drive <laughs> the car only looking in the rear view mirror. Right, right. right? So de- desire and vision is really about where do I want to go? If I'm anchored in that, then I have mm-hmm. something that I can continually come back to when I go off course, when something occurs in my life, a set of circumstances or a choice that I make derails me from my okay. vision, right? Okay. 
So it really is about being vision focused rather than being a victim to my circumstances. Okay. Right? And we can talk, we can use that frame for any part of life. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then there's an element of, of what happens in the body, right? Okay. Shame is, shame is a visceral embodied experience as much as it is a story of what, what's happening in your brain. So yeah. My my coaching is embodied and it is embodiment practice. And it is when we learn the tools of how to use our body for pleasure, those are the same exact tools that pull us out of a trauma response, that pull us out mm. of a shame spiral, that bring us back into a state, what, which is what I call my full upright self. Now, slow, now come back there uh, because that yeah. was fascinating. That was a very big sentence. So you're becoming the the things that... I, I see. I don't have it. The things that get you excited and that work for you yeah. are the things that are able to help pull you out of some of the shame and things that are going on. It's the same tools. It's the same fundamental tools. So mindfulness, for example, is mm -hmm. a is a basic tool to bring us out of shame, out mm -hmm. of trauma. It's also the same tool that we can use to create pleasure, to create ecstasy, okay. to create, say, for example, for men, a non-ejaculatory multiple orgasms, for women, yeah. multiple orgasms, right? It's, right. it's the right. same tool. Mindfulness is the same tool. Embodiment is the same tool. That's the kind of the overarching language, okay. right? Okay. And so then there are a variety of tools within that kind sure. of bucket, if you will, right? Okay. And so when you learn when you learn how to use your body as a tool, right? Uh, as a as a system, you learn the different systems in the body and how to work with them mm -hmm. in their different elements, then you can create all kinds of magic. Right. Whether that's whether that's um a, a, again a pleasure-based experience with yourself. Yeah. Whether that's a mindful meditative experience, whether that's mm -hmm. an intimate moment with another human being. Mm -hmm. Again, even whether that's you're going to be a public speaker on a stage in front of 50,000 people. Right. You right. know, like Lady Gaga closes her yeah. eyes and takes a breath before yeah. she goes out onto the Super Bowl field. Yeah, no, the embodiment, the uh, you know? being in the body and, and being in contact with your physical body and what's going on is is absolutely critical in, in any sort of functioning. So I think those are two, right? Yeah, those are two. Desire, embodiment, and what's yeah. the third? Yeah, so I'd say there's there's um, two more elements. One is about oh, okay. uh, using your voice. Oh, great. Using your voice, right? So this is, you know, all, all of this is what I do with clients over the course sure. of, of time when we're working together in my Mastering Desire mentorship program. And, and voice is really powerful because not just like, it's not just the the what it is that you say it's actually the frequency and the power that you use of your voice so it is both the you know you can't see this in a podcast but it is like the the width the energy that moves through your body in the place of your vocal cords and your mm -hmm. neck and your throat right the kind mm -hmm. of the difference between this is what i want and this is who i am Nice. Is it the quality of sound, right? Mm -hmm. And then there is what you actually say, what you say to yourself, what you say to somebody else, and the 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 things so that four. you are saying. Yeah. Number so the, all of this okay. is all of this is in voice, and then the last piece is around emotional intelligence, which oh, is okay. this is my stuff, that's your stuff. Got it. 
right? Like you mentioned just before, which is my part, which is your part. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to be responsive to what's going on for you, but I'm not going to take responsibility for everything that has happened in your life and, um, and then need to fix everything. Right. Right. So yeah, we're big Brene Brown fans here. I'm sure you yeah, are yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the braving uh, framework and even the first vulnerability talks, you know, are about being strong enough to stand next to your partner yeah, who is bingo. having a hard time and just be there. Yeah. Right. As men, I want to rush in and fix them. As yeah. women, they probably want to hold you and emotionally take care of it. And neither of those things actually help, you know, yeah. they're actually inhibiting in some ways. Right. Right. And so, and what I've seen over the years, and Brene talks about this too, is that when you do your own personal work, you increase your capacity to be with somebody else. Mm -hmm. Right. So the same Mm -hmm. is true, not just with shame itself, but the same is true with sexuality. The Mm -hmm. more that I understand who I am as a sexual being and create my sexual identity, the more space that I have for everyone being their own self. Right. So if what I really want is missionary sex um, Mm -hmm. only on Tuesday afternoons at 4 p.m. And that's all that I'm available for. But Mm -hmm. I know that for myself and I'm super empowered and I'm loving who I am. Then Mm -hmm. I actually have a lot of space for you to be the kinkiest person on the planet, (laughs) you know, and have multiple partners and only want to have sex wearing spandex. You know, it it just that I think that's the opportunity here. So when you say this Mm -hmm. original question, like how do people come together? Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. When you work on yourself, you create a lot of opportunity to be able to connect with somebody else and be Mm -hmm. open and available to who they are. And then Mm -hmm. you can have that conversation. Does this actually work for me, for us? Does it work for us? Which is great. It's neutral. It's not you're right. You're wrong. You're bad. You're good. It's like, does it actually work? Yep. Yeah. And I love the, and that's where the curiosity for me, I'm sorry to interrupt, Mm -hmm. but curiosity, my line is, I don't know the answer, but let's go find out together, Mm -hmm. right? Let's go join and answer this question that we're, you know, on different sides of, let's go figure it out together. You know, that's the, that's the pretty part. Mm -hmm. Well, um, tell me a little bit about the Mastering Desire plan and sort of how you work with clients. Do you work mainly in big groups or do you have a one-on-one practice? Just give me a little bit of, of a flavor of all the things. I'm going to have, I'll have links to the, uh, the Facebook page and your Instagram account and probably your website um, on, the, on the page with the podcast. But tell me a little bit about uh, the Mastering Desire program and how that yeah. works. So let me let me answer your question in the opposite oh, order, sure. which is that um, I I do a, a number of live events every month, a chance to you know it's a it's a give from me, right? Create coaching hours and classes every single month. Um, in in January, I'm really excited. I'm hosting a three day live event. It's virtual, so you can be anywhere mm-hmm. in the world. But we're really taking on these elements that I just named: uh, mm-hmm. desire, body, and voice. These three first key elements um, okay. in a three day weekend. So you can practice them in real time, right? Mm. Um, and then Mastering Desire is a year long program, and it is a small group of people. So mm-hmm. we have individual and um, group time. And the intention is actually to go deep in the space of sex, love, and leadership. So sexual Mm -hmm. relationship with self, love with self and love with others, but also leadership. What is my impact that I'm creating in the world? 
and really answering these questions. How does when I pay attention to myself and transform mm -hmm. myself, how does that actually transform me in the world? And so Great. there are a number of other elements that we get through in that year long program. Sure. But the reason why we do it over the course of a year is because it creates the most impact. Um, mm -hmm. You know, if, if you probably know from your own experience and listeners can probably relate that once you try one something one time or three times and you're like, oh, this is exciting, you feel expansive <laughs> and then you keep trying it and you're like, by the sixth or seventh time, you're like, you contract and you're like, well, screw this. This is not working. Yeah. I don't like this yeah. anymore. Yeah. Great. We all have that experience, but we get to expand back out again. So. Mm -hmm. So really being in a container with, you know, with myself, with a mentor where you can expand and contract and expand and contract and create a new form, because otherwise okay. you're just going to rubber band right back into your, yep. back, maybe yep. back into the old way. Yeah. So it really is about generating a new way of being in your, mm -hmm. your life with yourself and your life with everyone that matters to you. That's great. And do you also do one-on-one uh, -on -one coaching or individual coaching with people? Or I do. Or do you mainly work with bigger groups? Okay. I do. I do one-on-ones and um, intensive weekends. Really depends on what is the right fit for the person that I'm talking to. Okay. Okay. And what is just, I'm curious because I see, uh, you know, a very feminine side to everything that you're doing. What is your sort of demographic mix of men to women when you do these uh, events or um, uh, yeah. or even in your year long programs, do you have men that go through that same year long program? I do. I do. Okay. I, I work with men and women and typically, you know, right now I'm about, um, 60, 40, 60% women, 40% men okay. in the past. I've, you know, it's been 75% yeah. men. So it really just mm -hmm. depends on, um, on okay. who is arriving. Yeah. Right. Okay. That's fantastic. Um, what have I missed? Is there anything else that, that a key part of your message um, maybe that we haven't spoken about yet just to sort of, um, have mm -hmm. we missed anything? Because I know we've gone across a lot of topics. I'd love to maybe go deeper in another mm -hmm. uh, podcast mm -hmm. at some point on, on one of these topics, but is there anything else that uh, comes to mind that, that would be helpful? I, I would just say that, you know, when you, when you when you really create a loving relationship with yourself you can change everything so when you transform your sex life you can transform the world okay and so what this is the follow-up that was great that's exactly what i was looking for mm -hmm. so when you create this loving relationship with yourself mm -hmm. and you get into a relationship and even if it goes for several years but at the end, you you begin understanding that parts of that relationship are gonna not going to meet the needs. They're not going to hit the mm -hmm. wants. You ask, you ask, you get really clear and really powerful, and that person can't deliver. They're just not mm -hmm. into it. So you move on and you set yourself back up. What is the, uh, from that self-love and empowerment, how, and you move into a new relationship, right? Mm -hmm. I know there are no rules on timing, how soon you sleep together, you know, but, but at what point, where's the, you know, sort of, so someone has, has mastered your program, for example, but they're mm -hmm. single and they enter into a relationship. What are a few of the uh, warning, you know, maybe the red flags or the green thumbs up that you see 
you know, as you're trying to build an intimate relationship in the first weeks or months, what are some of the goods and bads that you're looking for? Aside from the the simple things of, you know, there's going to be connects, Mm -hmm. but what are some of the really positive things from your work that people can go, oh yeah, this relationship is meeting these, getting check marks on those. I've got a few, like I call them areas of concern, right? So Mm -hmm. they're not red flags yet, but I've got a little circle around this one issue that, yeah, I need to keep asking about that because I'm not sure where we're going. Yeah. Um, So, so give me a little bit of a, of a roadmap. You've, you've brought someone to their power and their attention and they're starting a new relationship. How do they, how do they wade into that? um, Well, I mean, all that goes back into vision, which is, you know, what is your, what is your vision for your next relationship? What is, what does 10 out of 10 look like? Right. Mm -hmm. That's the roadmap, right? So it's less about what are they doing? And it's really more about, am I creating what is 10 out of 10 for me? Am I being the 10 that I want to be? Because mm-hmm. if I'm being 10, if I'm being 10 out of 10 for me, for my mm-hmm. life, who I want to be, I'm actually going to attract what mm-hmm. is matching, right? Yep. And yep. so if things are going quote unquote wrong or bad or red flags that are out there, the question mm-hmm. gets to become, well, how did I create that? How did I... Mm-hmm. How did I generate that? How um, how am I being that attracted that? Okay. Right. So that's yeah. really where I I want to go. So it's less about like, are is this person checking off the boxes, and mm-hmm. more about am I going in the direction of fulfilling my vision? Okay. And would you settle for a nine out of ten? Well, the truth is, is that <laughs> it's never going to be ten out of ten. <laughs> There have been times when I've been in a relationship and I'm like, great, 10 out of 10, fantastic. I lean back, I put my feet up and then like, boom. And the next moment it's like, great, new set of circumstances. Yeah, yeah. But part of what, part of what I love about this work and, you know, my life is, um, am I committed to, like you said, being in a place of curiosity? And am I believing that my partner, do I see that my partner is also in that same place of committed to curiosity and committed to being and doing whatever it takes to figure it out? Like that's, that's pretty fundamental. And if that fundamental is met, then that's a really, that's really powerful. Mm -hmm. Right. That to me is more important than, you know, did they open the door or what's their bank account look like? Or um, did we have really great sex? Right. Right. No, absolutely. You know? Right. Yeah. So I, I always come back to like, where are you in your vision? Are you standing for what it is that you want? Are you putting that out there? Are you creating that? Not just are you putting that out there in your mind, but are you, again, like you said, are you saying mm-hmm. that that's what you need? And what's what's the ideal response back mm-hmm. that you mm-hmm. want from this person? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I personally believe that if we can see it in our mind's eye, then we can create it. Yeah. Nice. Okay. And last question. Um, how's your relationship journey these days and your personal journey? Yeah. I mean, my personal journey is, um, it's good. It's hard. It's intimate. It is, um, there's some challenges to it. Um, I mean, in, in all of my relationships, like I just said, some of them are, are at a 10 today and last week, maybe they were at an eight, right? 
And a couple of weeks ago, because, and this is like a holiday thing too, is like, mm-hmm. um, you know, during the holidays, uh, my lover, I was like at a seven with, you know, yeah. but like with right. my mom, I'm at a 10 plus. Nice. Right. Yeah. And I anticipate that to shift. And yeah. I think that, you know, again, for me, it brings me back to this question. How am I creating and how do I create a 10 out of 10 with this person? And really yeah. that's about how I'm showing up, right? So I get to make sure that I sleep. I get to make sure that I eat well. I get to make sure that I don't work too much. I'm not in front of the computer too often, too many hours, right? And that makes a big difference in how I show up to be loving, present, kind, participatory, creative with the people that I love. Yeah. And so when you find yourself down at a seven, right? Because you're going through something really stressful. It's our individual responsibility to bring our levels back up and hopefully find the match again with our partners, wherever they're at, right? But we can find ourselves, I I have suffered from depression in the past Mm -hmm. and found myself at a three, Mm -hmm. right? Like I'm Mm -hmm. not in any shape to try to figure out a relationship at all. When I'm in a relationship, and I can go there and be real transparent about it, it mm-hmm. usually works out, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm seen vulnerable, I'm capable of handling it. You just need to know this this happens from time to time and it, it always comes back. But it's our responsibility, right? To keep rising ourselves back up to that vision, mm-hmm. intention, power, and and maybe that uh, the core of that um, that sexual energy mm-hmm. that we talk about in yoga and in Kundalini, mm-hmm. you know, really does have a lot to do with how we walk mm-hmm. on the earth and how we walk in our, yeah. in our, in our power. Yeah. Every, every single one of us are responsible for how we show up, right? Yeah. That's, that really is the bottom line. And so whether that's how I show up with me, how I show up with you, uh, in this place right now in this recording mm-hmm. or how I show up in my relationship for sex and pleasure, how I show up in my relationship with my mom or my dad, et cetera. I'm Mm -hmm. responsible for all of that. And it's Mm -hmm. nobody else's responsibility to pull me forward. Nice. Exactly. They can can call me forward. Like, yo, here's your, here, here's what's not working. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But it's not their job to like lasso me and drag me along the road. It's my responsibility to step up and be a full participant in the making of love in life. Yeah. And when you notice that you're asking repeatedly for the same, you know, kind of shift and it's never happening, that's when you kind of wake up and go, well, you know, I can't ask somebody to change, right? Their change has to be organic. I can ask for a change in behavior, but then that keeps happening over and over again. Well, there's just something not connecting there. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a piece of that uh, interaction that they're not taking responsibility for either stepping up or they don't want to. Mm-hmm. I was in a relationship where I was asking for something and this person just simply didn't want to make this one shift. And it's okay. At some yeah. point I had to say, I'm sorry. That's that really, that's yeah. kind of the deal killer. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why vision is so critical, John. Vision right? is it's great. Like- that's why it's so critical, right? Because you can be a beautiful, wonderful, amazing person and you and I don't have the same vision. And nice. that doesn't mean that we failed at our relationship. It actually means that we got clarity in our vision. And how powerful is that? To yeah, be clear nice. in our vision and to be 
and to be even stronger in our vision because we went through this trial to try to work it out with somebody where our visions didn't align, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, do you want to be in a fight for the rest of your life because your vision doesn't align? And so everything or lots of things are difficult to make happen. It's clunky, it's funky, right? Or to be like, oh, you don't have the same vision I have. Right. Wow. Talk about the freedom there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No judgment. No judgment. We just have different And no attachment, right? Yeah, we just have different visions. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. And what I'd love at the end is maybe for you to give us, give me a, you know, a closing statement of empowerment for the people that are listening who may be lost or looking for that self-love and also hoping to find it in a partner before they find it in themselves. Right. Mm -hmm. A big mistake. So maybe just a little, uh, you know, overview of your, of a, of a, of a blessing. Uh, for the mm. people that are listening, that are that are looking to to get attached to themselves and then to someone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, in terms of a blessing, I think you know, I would say um, you know everything that we've talked about here today is uh, you know you don't need a science degree in order to figure it out, right? Mm-hmm. It really is about being intimate with yourself. Every intimate relationship is. Uh, is impacted by how you are intimate with yourself, how you, you know, intimacy is into me, you see, but intimacy, intimacy with self is how willing I am to be honest with me, how, Mm -hmm. how willing I am to accept that this is who I am right now at this moment. And when we get to that place we actually have a beautiful opportunity to heal the past and to powerfully create the future. Mm-hmm. So I think for anyone who's listening, you know, self, self work and self play and self love are all the same thing. Wow. Great. I'm going to write that down. That's my new mantra. <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, thank you so much. I yeah, will, uh, I will have links out to your websites and stuff. Excited to have talked to you, and maybe we'll do it again. Yeah, absolutely, John. Thanks so much. I had a good time. This is John McElhenney for Love on the Air, and I'll see you on the whole parent.